Section forty of Violet Osborne. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Violet Osborne by Lady Emily Ponsonby, Volume Three, Chapter Twelve. The new day comes, the light dearer for night, as dearer thou for faults lived over the princess the simple reception of lester's letter had brought hope and animation to violet she was destined to receive encouragement to her hopes at a time and from a source that was little expected in the month of january there was a good deal of illness in the neighbourhood of holywell the winter was mild but influenza and rheumatism were very prevalent and violet had constant occupation in paying consolatory visits to the various sick persons whom she took under her charge among those attacked by the latter complaint was the landlady of the little country inn rheumatism settled in her knees and for several weeks she was disabled from her usual active life and confined to her little parlor after a time violet heard of her illness and always kind paid her a friendly visit she found her low and dull and returned again and again supplying her with books both profitable and amusing and with what she prized far more a ready listener and sympathizing companion they had been simple acquaintances before they now became friends and violet herself received entertainment from the shrewd remarks and quaint conversation of the old dame she found her one day extremely low on inquiring into the cause she was informed that a very nice young gentleman had arrived such a one as i like miss osborne and i can't see to him the least bit and though sally's a good girl and does her duty well enough she does not see into the gentleman's minds as i do and many a comfort i should be glad to give and never mind the cost he won't have because it has pleased god to send me this rheumatism but i think violet said consolingly young gentlemen are in the habit of thinking of their own comforts don't you think he will tell sally what he wants some will miss osborne and i don't care a button for them sally may wait on them for ever and ever and i won't grumble but some gentlemen are modest and when they come to a decent house such as this they take what they find and make no noise and them i like to treat to a few comforts out of the way and never care for the cost you must see a great many and very different sorts of people mrs wilkinson always i suppose somebody coming and going thus violet led her on to talk of her life's experiences a favorite topic always miss osborne and has been this twenty-five years i have seen a good deal in my day and seeing gives practice you know and now i do but need to look at a gentleman as he walks in or even to hear him call landlady and i know in a second what he's made of and have you made many friends among your many acquaintances well miss osborne i'm not one of those who run up a friendship out of nothing i must have grounds to like before i take to liking some smooth people are caught by a pink face or a palavering tongue but i am not i like the pink face well enough but i like a good heart better 
some young gentlemen come here and i never asked them to come again i would as leith they stayed away and some i like as the world goes we are friends and we are not friends they may come or go as they please but some few i lodge in my heart and it aches at times to think i never shall see them again amused and interested at her classification of her guests violet inquired a little further asking particulars regarding the qualities that pleased her best it's hard to say miss osborne i can no more tell you why sometimes when a gentleman steps in my heart flies to him then i can tell you how this rheumatism gets into my bones but this i know it never flies to him without good reason if you even you miss osborne was to tell me that you had seen him misconduct himself with your own eyes i should give you the lie for i should know it couldn't be and she slapped her hand on the table that is being very confident violet said and she sighed for she felt she had not a like confidence in most of her fellow-creatures not a bit too much because i see and i know now there was a gentleman down here last year not so very young nor old neither and i did but see him for an hour or so for he did not sleep in the house but i never can forget him i know he couldn't do a bad thing couldn't do it if he tried and though i saw him but the once my heart aches when i think of him and i believe i would walk twenty miles with the rheumatism and all if i could have but the luck to see his face again and who was he violet said with some curiosity i don't know who he was he came here for an hour or so and we had a good bit of talk we talked about you miss osborne and miss hamilton and mr vane and all the world about here that is he listened kindly for he was not much of a talker himself a sweet modest gentleman who had a bit of color coming and going in his face and as i told him i did not believe he would dare to call boots he seemed so modest and shy violet's heart fluttered she scarcely knew why she knew it was impossible but lester came into her mind and that is the sort of person you like she asked lightly though there was a bit of color coming and going on her cheek also why miss osborne as to him a queen might have liked him for he had a fine presence not so very young and a bit of gray here and there in his black hair but a fine noble countenance and something in his eyes so sad and so sweet i find him lodging in my heart when i'm least thinking about him it must have been him violet thought and she scarcely dared to ask another question and are you sure you will never see him again at last she said he said he was a londoner but i told him i should be happy to see him and he said he would not forget he was down here let me see the day of the great feast mr vane's feast and he went out to see it for he said he was a londoner and did not often see such sights but he only stayed a half hour or so and then came home again and set off looking weary enough but however he saw the country and he thought it a beautiful country violet's face was in a crimson glow as she thought of that day 
remembering all its events she became certain lester had been at holywell after a moment's consideration determined to be more sure if she could she said i can't help thinking that i know this person are you sure you do not remember his name i was fancying you knew him said her keen-eyed companion and i should be glad to remember if i could but i don't so much as think i overheard the name on a bit of a book he was reading there was a name of one of them northern towns but i don't call to mind what it was i only remember thinking how did it come from the north if he was a londoner but it may have belonged to some friend lester violet said quietly i believe it was miss osborne but a name is but a name and i don't trouble myself to remember them all bless you it would need the memory of a king solomon to remember all the names that are belled about in my ears i think of the man and that's enough for me mamma violet said seating herself by her mother when shortly afterwards she re-entered the cottage did you ever hear of mr lester's being in this neighbourhood there was something almost stern in her countenance as she anxiously fixed it on mrs osborne's face i dearest mrs osborne asked in astonishment no never i am glad you did not violet replied with a look and sigh of relief all the way homewards she had been picturing as she walked that questions had been asked about her in private that others had undertaken to answer for her state of mind and the idea had worked like madness in her brain i could not have borne to think you had but he was here mamma last summer old mrs wilkinson just told me so why did he come and why did he go i cannot tell mrs osborne looked extremely perplexed after a little consideration she said do you like me to find out from albert dear oh no mamma not for the whole world she rose from her seat and as she kissed her mother's forehead added all mysteries come to light at some time or other and left the room and asked no more she could have patience now mysteries there might be a mistake there might have been but lester had not forgotten her and that knowledge was enough the months flowed on it had been settled by mr osborne and violet that the projected removal should not take place till the close of the following autumn by that time ida's new life would be a settled thing and probably the wish of his young wife to see more of the world would in some degree enlarge the sphere of sir william's acquaintance and allow his daughter other society than that of her stepmother and mrs white should a son be born to sir william possibly great changes might take place but be it as it might violet had been satisfied after this year to leave things at bascombe to take their own course and to allow her father and herself to follow where their wishes led them this arrangement had been made before the discovery of lester's visit the discovery did not make her impatient there was a day on which her mind was fixed as that on which all should be made clear either she would know she was given up or she would know that she was loved in the course of the summer a young ellis was expected to make its appearance and there could be no doubt that some among them would be invited to undertake the responsible office of sponsor she had looked to this to this she still looked and now 
relieved in mind and heart hopeful and cheerful could wait and be patient the months flowed on if violet had been one whose mind was pleased with the follies of humankind these months might have given considerable entertainment in the struggles for supremacy which arose between ashford park and bascom the new lady ashford a well-conducted but vulgar-minded girl elated with her good fortune was desirous of securing all the attention that was her due the dowager lady hamilton for amy in this as in all other respects behaved with perfect propriety and to the utmost of her power withdrew from the contest ambitious for her daughter endeavoured to surpass lady ashford and since she could not do so in rank made a show of superior riches and grandeur if lady ashford gave in charity lady hamilton gave doubly and trebly to the same when it was known that lady ashford had insisted having on a new paper for her sitting-room and indeed it was much required lady hamilton was forced by her mother to make a request for the same although hers did not require it lady ashford's paper was cheap though gaudy amy's was therefore studded with gold when lady ashford persuaded by mr pope to go to church regularly arrived in a barouche mrs white refused to be conveyed thither in any less splendid manner in all things great and all things small the same rivalry was carried on and if the time should ever come when the two houses opened their doors for the admission of general society it was probable that the noise of the strife would be heard far and near but violet though she sometimes smiled was far more inclined to sigh at the pitiable sight and her compassion for ida increased as she watched the despicable turmoil that such a rivalry excited in her home oh ida she said one day i wish you would give me your receipt for bearing with the follies of the world i do not find that christian charity is enough that makes me bear with all kinds of infirmities and even with wickedness but i do not find it enough for mrs white ida smiled a little at her vehemence but said i am so sorry for papa and for amy too that i would not for the world seem to see all i do see i know they are often annoyed and i do my best to pass things off quietly my hope too is that mrs white will improve she used to grumble you know now she boasts but when she is used to being comfortable that will go off and if i have a great many brothers and sisters as i hope i shall she will have other things to care for and i dare say may become a good grandmother in short ida yours is the christian charity which not only beareth but hopeth all things well i will try and hope too but it vexes me no one can tell how much to see what you have to bear for the sting of mrs white's follies which violet's charity was insufficient to pardon lay in herself if ida had been married to lionel mrs white could not have vexed how great soever her folly might have been the months flowed on till the day on which violet's heart was set arrived a miss ellis was born in june and as had been hoped and expected at the end of july she was christened violet and violet was her godmother she went up with mr osborne to the christening 
and she and lester stood together at the font lester met her as he had done the year before with kindness with consideration with everything but warmth the same constraint sat upon him and froze violet beneath its influence timidity again stole over her that trust in his feeling for her which in the distance had seemed so strong died away and those efforts she had intended to make to destroy the barrier between them became an impossibility at one time it seemed probable that this day would close as unsatisfactorily as the memorable day on the year before but it was destined to be otherwise on the return from church a luncheon was provided at elbert's small house and a few special friends were invited to partake of it as they stood in the drawing-room elbert said i am going to have the child brought down for you to see violet and you lester lester was at a little distance but approached on hearing his name i don't the least expect admiration for so small a thing but it is proper that you should both make acquaintance with your charge i know you are busy to-day lester but wait i beg you and don't go till it comes and he left the room possibly not without some thought in his head of bringing violet and lester together busy to-day the words rang like a knell in violet's ears and she could scarcely refrain from repeating them with her lips the time to which she had so looked forward in a few moments then would be gone lester stood by her side but she could think of no question with which to address him except that one which was in her heart which for months had been on her tongue but which her tongue refused to utter why did you come to holywell seeing her thus standing silent the old gentleman her great admirer one of those old friends of the lester family who came to every ceremonial approached her and claimed her for his own he began as he had done the year before to descant on the beauties of devonshire making new and eager inquiries into what parts she had been and the few remaining minutes of lester's society were snatched from her grasp despair was in violet's heart but we are all blind mortals and little know in things great and small what will be for our good despair was in violet's heart but after one instant the natural sweetness and kindliness of her disposition prevailed over her despair she would not disappoint his eager expectations and remembering the argument of the year before recurred to it it had been regarding the relative beauties of the neighbourhood of holywell with others in more famous parts of devonshire time has not changed my opinion she said playfully i am still ready to fight a battle for holywell the old gentleman was delighted flattered at her recollection of a former conversation and delighted to renew the strife he jested with her about her prejudices and endeavoured to displace holywell from the high station on which she had throned it with many words and merry ones but in vain it comes to this then he said suddenly we must lay the case before a judge and vow to stand by his decision will lester do lester slightly raising his voice are you competent have you ever seen holywell violet started this question which her lips trembled to put yet dared not frame 
was asked in her hearing surprised startled expectant she turned her eyes upon him to hear the answer he was standing in the shadow of the window curtain while violet stood in the full light of the window but the flush that overspread his cheek was such as no shadow could conceal that flush however was involuntary his voice and words were composed and sedate yes he said i saw it once and own its beauty of the rest of devonshire i have seen but little but unless books and pictures are more false than they are even usually allowed to be i am afraid i must give my verdict against miss osborne the old gentleman though he rated lester severely for his want of gallantry was enchanted and went off to violet's relief to relate to mr osborne what had passed to her relief and yet to her dismay he went and again there was silence but the agony of the moment's suspense the dread of losing that favourable chance the conviction that that flush confessed some feeling concealed within the intense desire to penetrate the mystery these and other sensations spurred violet on stilled her gave her courage and almost before she knew her lips had formed the words she had said quietly and even indifferently when did you see holywell mr lester but though she spoke quietly she did not dare to raise her eyes to watch the effect of the question she pulled a flower from a nosegay she held and then endeavoured to force it into its place again lester cast his eyes upon her and a swift sudden hope leapt into his heart one day last year he replied in a voice that tried to be natural but was not i feared so violet said she paused a moment while the happiness of life hung trembling in the balance then gathering courage and speaking with calmness and quiet dignity continued i say fear because the truth is we heard of your visit and i must confess that i do not think it was the act of a friend to come so near and yet to pass us by you are right he replied with emotion it was not the act of a friend but i cannot be a friend i told you so once before i repeat it now it is beyond my power they stood side by side immovable and dumb violet dared not speak dared not look up and lester with eager eyes examined her attitude endeavouring thence to gather whether he was to speak or forever hold his peace a scream from miss ellis gave notice of her approach the imminent danger of losing such a moment gave to lester's coward heart the spur it needed he stooped his head and said low but firmly it is because i would be more than a friend if that is still too presumptuous a hope give me a sign and it shall be cast away for ever and when the infant robed in lace was brought to claim the attention of its sponsors the barrier built up seven years before was broken down albert glanced a look saw how it was and was satisfied end of volume three chapter twelve